In today's bubble, I'm tolerating someone new to the podcast, but not new to show talking. My buddy Eric is here to talk about the cool and chilling adventures of Sabrina, a dark retelling of the 90s series Sabrina the Teenage Witch. So join us, my pretties, as we cast a spell of spoilers over the spooky part one of this Netflix original series. Stay home and keep streaming. This episode was recorded pre-quarantine life. This always happens. So welcome back to another episode of My Streaming Bubble with me, Jen. Um, This is the podcast where I talk about the shows that I love with the people I tolerate. Uh, Today, new to the bubble, new to be tolerated, is my buddy Eric. Say hi, Eric. Hi, Eric. (laughs) (laughs) And we are here today to talk about The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, part one. So this was um, Eric's recommendation. Mm-hmm. I hadn't watched it before. I was a little curious when it first aired and everything because I was like, oh, that seems like kind of a fun show. Mm-hmm. And it is. And I think I've told you already a couple of times where I'm like, eh, I get I get a lot of like CW vibes, just a right. little bit of that, just a level of like that cheesiness that comes with like a CW that te- show. That, that teenage, mm-hmm. you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like those kind of like teenage horror shows that air. And yeah. uh, you like, you know, these things don't actually happen to teenagers to this extent. But, mm-hmm. you know, wh- wh- why the fuck not? It's, it's all in good not? fun. Exactly. Yeah. So. Um, so, yeah, this is the uh, dark retelling of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, mm-hmm. which is a popular show in the 90s. I didn't really get into it. Mm-hmm. I knew of its existence and you know melissa joan hart and then the other actresses that played the aunties yeah um loved them both too so i felt like i wasn't gonna understand or i knew i wasn't gonna understand any little references and nods uh to the original series right apparently there's a good number of them i think there was like geez i just i feel like i researched this not that long ago like five seasons maybe Um, i don't know for sure of the original uh, sabrina series yeah, it went on for quite a while. I know that, but yeah. um, exactly how long, I don't recall. But right. Because, yeah, there's just like in the um... – so, yeah, okay. So this series focuses on – so Sabrina's already a witch. She's mm-hmm. well aware that she's a witch. Mm-hmm. So it's whether or not she's going to sign up and be a full-fledged mm-hmm. Satan-serving witch. Yep. Uh, half witch, half mortal. Mm-hmm. She's torn between both worlds. Um, you know, the world of the tradition that her family has been on for, you know, probably generations, centuries, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know how far back the Spellman clan actually goes, but then just also torn between the world of her mortal friends, you know, Susie Roz, uh, and her, and her boyfriend, Harvey. Yeah. (laughs) Harvey, Harvey Kinkle. By the end of the season, by the end of the first part one, I, uh, I was like, Super infuriated with Sabrina. I was like, you dumb little bitch. You selfish little shit. And then uh, Harvey just was starting to get on my nerves. But loved Roz, loved Susie, loved the aunties. Yeah. Um, and Prudence and the Weird Sisters. Oh, the Weird Sisters are, well, I don't want to see my say my favorite characters mm. throughout the show. Because Agatha and Dorcas... They're, they they serve their part. I feel yeah. they don't have a lot of lines that changes in the upcoming second and third season. You get to learn a little bit more about them, but I don't mm-hmm. think really enough for them to have much character development. But I won't spoil that for you. Okay. But I love Prudence. <laughs> yeah, Prudence is my favorite character in this show. This may be Sabrina's show, but 
Prudence, in my opinion, steals the show. Right on. She's she's a very powerful character. She likes Sabrina. She stands up for what she believes in, just in a more darker way. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I like. I find it interesting that they decided to tie um, the witches to Satanism. Because it's, you mm. know, not all, you know, witches, witchcraft is are tied to well, Satanism. It's pretty right. much, I looked at it as like, kind of like the force. There's the good side and the, like, or the, you know, sure. and the dark side. Sure. Well, I don't know. I don't pretend or really know much about traditional Wiccan and Wicca, uh, you know, that practices and lore. came up on Google. <laughs> <laughs> but I know like with a lot of witches, I think whatever I understand, you know, it's more about, it's more about the earth. You know, right. from my like understanding that. as well yes. yeah so i don't this is we're we're talking about a whole different level of mm-hmm. witches in, in in this show mm-hmm. and uh um i i think they pull it off really well um i do too um and i forgive me it, it, i might have the name wrong it's either roberto acasa or rodrigo acasa he's the writer of the show um He's also the uh, writer of the Chilling of Adventures of Sabrina comic book. Oh, okay. um, yeah. Um, I think he did a very respectful job of treating, I guess you could say, witch lore um, in a way where I don't think it's really going out to offend anybody. Right. Like, I think if more traditional practicing Wiccans watch the show, I can't imagine that they would be offended sure. by it, but... I'm not a Wiccan. I don't really know any, so I can't say with any certainty. But the show doesn't seem like it would really hit home, hit close to anybody. And it's not that they're necessarily painting witches in, like, a bad or negative light just because they worship Satan. That just happens to be, like, their god that they worship. And I have yeah. – and I love that they've taken – They've incorporated a little bit of the Satanism and then, like, making Aunt Zelda, like, this religious zealot (laughs) and always, like, hailing Satan and praise be to Satan. And it just cracks me up, like, the prayers and how much she, like, preaches. There was, I I think, the Christmas episode. Yeah. She's telling the Christmas story. or Like, about the Yule Log. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I told you the other day, actually, I had started watching season one again, just mm-hmm. so I could be super fresh for today. I should mention that was my fourth watch through yeah. of season one since that kid's show came on. Um, and what the funny thing is, it's not even my favorite show, <laughs> but I actually love watching it. It's good background noise. It but is. It is. I laugh. I always laugh my ass off. And I think it's the second to last episode. I think it's the second to last episode where um, I think it's before Tommy dies again before uh, oh, Harvey yes. kills Tommy. Yep. There's a discussion happening in the Spellman kitchen and Sabrina says something about it being Black Friday. She's referring to the shopping holiday yep. and uh, uh, her aunt Zelda is just like, it most certainly yeah. is not. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I hear that, I just laugh. Yeah, I love Aunt Zelda. She's um, she's always got like that cigarette that's always like Always mm-hmm. at the same length, mm-hmm. still burning. All the different newspapers and the different languages that she reads. And yeah. then again, I just she's she's just a great fun. She's character. a you could tell the way her character is built. She's a well educated woman yes. in their their beliefs. Yes, and their and everything that they follow. She is very well educated. Uh, then you have Hilda, on the other hand, who is also extremely well educated, mm-hmm. and that comes out a lot more in the next two seasons. I'm super excited for you to watch those, and so we could discuss them. But Hilda is very, very much 
on point with everything in with what they believe it's just that she goes about it in a very different way almost mm-hmm. almost human she understands yeah. like that human aspect yeah so right she's, right she's sympathetic to sabrina when she's going through her her emotions yeah or she's like oh, yeah, that's true love yes. you know and i love it because so they're all a family clearly you know family this family's been around for like possibly centuries right and they're just also different aunt hilda and zelda have a different access Accents. Um, and then the cousin Ambrose, mm. um, different accent, black, amazing character. He's mm-hmm. at least like four hundred years old, I think. They well, kind of we, we, we know he's older than seventy-five because yeah. he has been summoned. Oh no, summoned. Wrong word. Uh, he's been uh, basically put on house arrest mm-hmm. for his. For trying to blow up the Vatican. Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't remember if he said his sentence was 75 years or that he's been on house arrest for 75 years. But we know he's at least older than 75. Mm-hmm. How old exactly? I don't know. I mean, he could be well over 100 years old. And he's, I'm guessing he is. Because well, then I think I read on like IMDB. So there's, because they never come out and say how old Ambrose is. But yep, that he's just on this house arrest for however long the rest of his life or eternity. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I can't remember who he was talking to, but in the conversation, he was kind of alluding. He he followed. He found like a master, basically someone to follow. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. And based on like I think on IMDb, it's a kind of based on the timeline and the dates that were he he had mentioned or alluded to. It was uh was Aleister Crowley and some other mm-hmm. bigger Satanist figures. Okay. So that's how IMDb. Someone on IMDb came up with the estimated age, which I. Th- they, they said was still about 400 years old. Damn, I love fan theories. <laughs> I do, I too. I do, too. Gosh. And you know what? I think that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I mean, they mentioned so many times throughout the series, you know, you're not going to age at, you know, the way a mortal would. Right. So Sabrina, for sure, is 16. I think out of everyone in the show, even like the three sisters or anyone else at the at the academy, we don't quite know how old they are. But no. Sabrina is the only one we know for sure for sure is 16 years old. Mm-hmm. It's like even though we start off with her as a teenager, the show kind of takes us on a journey through her life, sort of growing up with witches. Mm-hmm. Um, not like really during her early childhood, but we get an idea of, you know. When she was born, she was promised to the Dark Lord. So we already knew that from the moment she was born, her life was going to be completely fucked up. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of gripes, though. Well, gripes not the wrong word. I I would say that when they developed the show, they played it a little safe mm-hmm. um, in comparison to the comic books. Okay. Um, sure. You mind if I, was... I want to just... Yeah, go ahead. I did, because, yes, it was, you know, compared to the 90s series, it's darker but mm-hmm. from kind of what i had seen over the years when after the show first came out i honestly thought it was going to be darker than what it was it's pretty lighthearted for the most part it, I, it is i mean so when i had, i was reading you know i said that i get a lot of cw vibes from this show yeah, right it was originally slated to be a cw show hence like the uh, riverdale see Giants. i didn't know that until you told me about that last yep. week yeah i had no clue so i'm like well that makes all the sense and that kind of also explains why I do love this show as much as I do. Sure. And why it wasn't as dark as I originally thought it was going to. I thought it was going to be a little gorier. Yeah, a little darker. Right. Um, I mean, they don't They, they don't. Uh, but I mean, take it's still a, very well done. They get, I think 
in comparison to going on to the CW, they're definitely allowed to get away with a lot more yeah. with Netflix. Like the Feast of Feast episodes yeah. where at the very end, uh, I can't remember her name, she slits her own throat yeah. and next thing you know, you everybody's mauling her and you just clearly right. see people grabbing you know, spleens and mm-hmm. intestines and yeah. just eating her fucking flesh, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> just weird, but... Yeah, that was a good, that was a crazy episode. And then it was the whole, was. yeah. The That's whole probably one of the, of definitely it. one of the darkest episodes yes, of the series. I would agree. So I brought these. Oh, cool. I think I told you I collect, I've collected the books. I have, oh, neat. I have I read these only once. Um, so I'm not, I really would have to reread them to really go over fine uh, details with you. But one thing I was absolutely super excited about when the show came out is the introduction. Mm-hmm. All the, the slides that they show at the introduction, you know, when they're doing, oh, you yeah. know, when they're showing the cast That's and all that. From... A lot of the artwork is, is is mostly influenced from the covers of these books. That's awesome. Um, I kind of wondered about that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, the intro. Cause, and then, because I, I knew enough that the Sabrina character herself was kind of like um, originally from like the Archie comics. Yep. Mm-hmm. She made her first appearance. I th- oh. Actually, I could tell you exactly Ooh. when because I was just on eBay. Uh, for those <laughs> out there who so don't, cool. oh, I love them. And there's some homage covers on here too to horror yeah. movies like this one. That one's for Carrie. It's really cool. And that's the other thing is even within part one, there's a lot of like little nods and Easter eggs to horror movies. There is and N- Night of the Living Dead on the very first mm-hmm. episode opening scene. Yes, outside of the movie theater. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I can appreciate that, and it's like you know sitting and trying to watch it. I caught little bits, but then went back and read all my little tidbits on IMDb. And I was just like, oh, yeah, they did do that. So I was looking I'm just at taking pictures of your comic books. Oh, so note. Post them with the episode. I'm trying to get better at taking pictures too to go along with the podcast. Okay. When the episodes go up. Oh, am I not finding what I'm looking for? Shoot. That guy looks like James Marsden. Which guy? That guy. You know who that is? James Marsden. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who's James Marsden? Uh, Cyclops in the X-Men movies. Oh, um, is that his real name? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, I didn't know that. What else? Oh, uh, Westworld, Teddy. Oh, really? And then okay. he is in the first season of Dead to Me on Netflix with Christina Aguilera and... Wait a minute, isn't he fuck, about to be in the Sonic the Hedgehog movie? Yes. Oh, fuck, that's his real name? Yes, oh, he, did you ever used to watch uh, 30 Rock? Yes. Yeah, he played Liz Lemon's boyfriend in the later seasons, in like the last two seasons. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's really funny. That's yeah. really funny. But actually, that guy on the cover there is uh, that's Sabrina's father. Yeah, yeah, that's Sabrina's father. Oh, and James Morrison's her dad. That's nice. There you go. <laughs> he also chase, chases hedgehogs for a living. Yes. But there's a lot of, there's a lot of key differences from the series to the books. Like, <laughs> I can understand why they actually made the changes. At first, I was just like, oh, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. This Mm -hmm. didn't happen. But then I realized the audience that I think they're trying to appeal to, I don't think would be fully, I guess, fully appreciative of, or not appreciative, I guess. I don't think they would want to see the type of graphic details that are in the books as on series. Maybe they would. Maybe for an older audience, but they're really aiming more towards a teenage audience. Let's let's face it. Because of the age of the characters as well. We're we're following a high school Um, aged girl. Like... Like for one instance, one of the one of the biggest uh, key differences is with the character of Roz. So, mm-hmm. Roz in the show is you know an African American girl who is one of Sabrina's BFFs. Mm-hmm. 
Not in the books. In the books, Roz is one of Sabrina's, uh, I don't want to say enemies, but they're really not good friends. And she is a a Caucasian redhead. Hmm. Yeah, totally went the opposite way on that one. Um, Harvey Kinkle, who I love better in the comics... um, (laughs) Are you God, okay? He's such an idiot in this first season. Does it get? Don't tell me. I I'm just like, does it get better or worse? Don't tell me. I won't I tell won't. you. You'll find out I for won't. yourself. Oh my God, he gets. You'll worse. totally find out for he yourself. Gets worse, <laughs> <laughs> Shit happens with Harvey. That's for sure. Shit God. happens. But um, so, am I okay to spoil some things from the comics? Sure. Okay. So, uh, so in the comic books, Harvey actually dies very early on in the comics. I can't remember exactly which issue. But what happens is he... I don't remember if he walked into the woods or if he walked into a building or whatever, but he was in a place where he shouldn't have been. He walked in on like a summoning or something like that, which is summoning the Dark Lord or... They were doing some sort of seance. Mm -hmm. So uh, they ate him. They ate Harvey. Ah. Yep. Now they... Now Harvey is... Harvey is also still, keep in mind, a continuing character in the books. Mm Mm-hmm. So, uh, as we all know by watching the series, resurrection is definitely not out of yep. the realm of possibility, and he is resurrected in the sh- in the in the comics. Okay. But what's really cool is instead of him being like Tommy, which is like a total zombie, mm-hmm. or him coming back as good old Perky Harvey, mm-hmm. he's actually his body, his mind—well, not his body, his mind, his soul, whatever—is been taken over by Sabrina's father. Interesting. Yeah. So um, I can't go into too much details. Not that I'm going to spoil this because I just don't remember a lot of it because I've only read this <laughs> once. But he imbo- he basically takes over Harvey's body when he's, re- when he's resurrected, which from what I remember, makes it a little awkward for Sabrina. Yeah. Um, you know? That would be – like, that's a deal breaker. Uh, I'm like, sorry, no, yeah. we're done. That's like that's like saying Ew. call me daddy to a whole new level. Oh, <laughs> oh that is so fucking gross. <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. It's, it's terrible. absolutely terrible. I love it. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, um, I highly encourage you actually to if you if you ever want, uh, definitely definitely read it. Um, also, the relationship between Sabrina's father and her mother mm-hmm. in the comics in comparison to the show is completely different in the show. You know, they're put off as this, you know, he made sacrifices to marry sure. this mortal woman who mm-hmm. he loved, you know, uh, by sacrificing his daughter, guaranteeing his daughter to the dark Lord by signing her name in the book three days after she was born. Mm-hmm. Not so much in the books. <laughs> and you kind of, so yeah, in the, in the first, in part one, you kind of get that initially like, oh, they were happy up, sacrifices were made, they broke all the rules, so very yeah. like Romeo and Juliet without, you know, like the suicides. But then kind of towards the end, you're getting these like little tidbits that like, oh, so, you know, mom and dad weren't all what Sabrina thinks they were. You kind of get this sure. feeling that it wasn't, something else is going on. So what made me very excited in season one is when Sabrina went to limbo to try to recover mm-hmm. Tommy's soul and she ran into her mother. Because yeah. throughout the whole series, or series, season, um, on my first watch through at that point, I was very, very upset that they did not portray Edward Spellman as the way that he's portrayed in the book, which, just a, which is just a fucking terrible human being. Okay. All right? Um, he basically, in the books, in or when Diana Spellman found out what Edward had intentions of doing with Sabrina after she was born. He basically had her locked up in an asylum. Okay. And kind of like threw away the key. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember if he left her to die or anything like that, but he just 
Toilet was like, no, fuck you. He was like, this is my baby. Mm -hmm. This is not your baby. I don't care if you gave birth to her. All right, this is mine. I say what happens. She belongs to the Dark Lord. So when I first read that, I was like, damn, that's some dark shit, Mm -hmm. you know? Then when the show came on, throughout the first, like, seven episodes or so, I was like, Jesus Christ, Edward Spellman's made out to be, like, a martyr, you know? But then when I saw her in Purgatory lost, because it was not her time to go, I was like... Holy fuck, maybe in season two, they're going to address it. Maybe, oh, I'm not going to go into <laughs> too, too much details about it, okay? Well, but let's just say that got me excited and I was kind of let down. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that's always hard when you're a fan of like the source material for like the television, big screen adaptation is like, what are they going to incorporate? Yeah. How are they going to address it? Yeah. You know, first season came and went and they barely touched on this or that or they mm-hmm. took liberties. What are they going to, that's always hard. I, you know, being not much of a reader, like I've, I I still watch The Walking Dead Mm -hmm. and I've been reading the comics kind Mm -hmm. of on and off over the years because it's really easy to get through them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm just kind of, I'm glad that I've done it the opposite way. Yeah. Because I feel like, yeah, I would have been a lot more disappointed, a lot more, a lot more of an emotional roller coaster than it already has been as a Walking Dead fan for 10 fucking years. Have you ever tried reading any of the Game of Thrones books? I have the first one, which I have tried to read. Uh huh. Um, and then I, again, not a reader, so I did download like the audiobook yeah. and started listening to the audiobook, the first one. Okay. Right from the beginning, so it covered a bunch of the chapters, a bunch of the bits that I had read. Sure, sure. Um, but I didn't get through it fast enough before it was due back, so... Right, so I've never read the Game of Thrones. I haven't, but I have heard uh, that there are quite significant details yes. that are left out. Yeah. Um, and and altered for the show, for show ratings Right, purposes. well, you're taking essentially a novel here and breaking it down into 10 episodes Mm -hmm. you know that can be difficult material has to get cut Mm -hmm. but uh just like you said you're glad you did it the way you did with walking dead i feel that same way about game of thrones Mm because i feel like if i read the books had i read the books and then went into the show i probably would have been disappointed and that's kind of how i feel with sabrina sure um and not that i have anything or that I'm disappointed in the show in any way. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic show. It's yeah. fun to watch. Like I said, I just watched season four for the fourth time. Season two, I've watched three times mm-hmm. now, and I just finished my second play watch through of season three. It is literally one of my favorite TV shows mm-hmm. of the modern age. But I I take it more for what it is now, right. and, and I no longer compare it to what I thought it was going to be. Sure. Yeah, if that makes you, sense. You accept yeah. it for what it is, like you said, and rather than holding it up to what your expectations of it were. Right. Yeah, I really liked this show. It was definitely one that, you know, I kind of figured it was going to be a little silly, a little cheesy. Again, I thought it was going to be darker, but overall, I still really enjoyed it. Got me to put my phone down. I also felt that, so the episodes are about an hour long, mm-hmm. like a straight, like 58 minutes. Yeah. There are a couple episodes where I'm just like, I can see that, like, I felt, I felt like, yeah, like there was an extra 15, 20 minutes that didn't need to be in the show throughout, throughout, like, an episode. Like what? I don't know. Anything with fucking Harvey. (laughs) 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 But I'm like, if the show was originally meant for Uh, CW, then anything that was supposed to be on the cutting room floor to get it to fit that 42 minute time slot to make for the, make room for commercials. Yeah. They just likely kept in. Um, sure sure that makes sense otherwise i mean it's not like 
it wasn't terrible, but there was just, it'd be like the last 10, 15 minutes of the episode kind of wrapping up whatever was going on. And I'm just like, are we done yet? Does she really need to like fucking coddle Harvey and tell him everything? <laughs> Let me ask you something. It's, he bugs me. I know. I've been telling you from the beginning, Harvey is like my least favorite character. Yeah. It's like, and, and you we know what? start out that way, but. Well, ugh. here's my thing with Harvey. I don't. <sighs> I don't think Harvey's a bad person. I don't think mm-hmm. he's a bad guy. And as a as the character, as a, for the character himself, I think his heart is in the right place. Mm-hmm. All right. And you know, we learn later on in the first season, you know, that his, he comes from a family of witch hunters, yep. and he, when he finds out Sabrina's a witch, you could tell at first he doesn't quite know what to make of this. You know, where my problem lies with Harvey is that he is kind of a stereotype to me when it comes to a teenage boyfriend and mm-hmm. i hate those characters mm-hmm. you know he seems a little seems a little helpless yeah. you know and not that there's anything Fucking wrong stupid. a little naive you know he's blind <laughs> to certain things that are happening right. now granted in his defense on that sabrina was has never been about, uh, been against you know putting a you know using some sort of spell to make him forget right. you know but he he just can never seem to put two and two together, Mm-mm. you know, and it, that I think that kind of bothers me when it comes to character development, because like I said, in the book, Harvey doesn't really have a very long run as Harvey, mm-hmm. you know, Edward basically takes him over. But it's if they weren't going to do follow the tradition or follow the route of what they did in the book. I think they should have allowed Harvey to grow more and develop more mm-hmm. as a character and become his own person. And maybe some people feel like he has. I just don't feel that way about him. And it makes me wonder if this newer version of Harvey is supposed to be mirrored more like 90s Harvey and less like comic book Harvey. Like the original Sabrina, the yeah. Teenage Witch. I don't really know much about him. And I don't know either, yeah. but it just... it. It just kind of seemed like that. It seemed like maybe his character in the original series was a little naive and yeah. kind of woefully, willfully ignorant or whatever. I have yeah. no idea. And can I just say really quick mm-hmm. how happy we are to finally have this conversation? Because mm-hmm. I've been dying to talk to you oh, about this show. And it's like, as we're talking, I'm thinking about, like, oh, don't forget to mention this. Don't forget to mention <laughs> this funny. because you wrote it all down. You've that's got it in bold font. Oh, that's good. That's you good. You want to bring up these points. but And I think we've, like, pooped on Harvey enough. Although I will have to say the whole thing so... Harvey and his brother Tommy. Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> um, they Tommy. They were in the mines. Yep. And the evil orphans or the weird sisters. The weird sisters, Agatha uh, and uh, Dorcas. Dorcas. Yeah. Unfortunate name. Um, they use a spell <laughs> totally. to try and kill Harvey and Bam. Tommy. Yep. Sabrina had already put like a protection spell on Tommy, so he managed to get out. Tommy dies. Yep. yep. This is where Sabrina starts pissing me the fuck off. Oh. Tommy's hurt or you know oh my boyfriend's in pain and he's going through loss and grief and I should be able to do something and just do whatever the fuck let me ask you a question do you feel like Sabrina always tries to kind of recreate the wheel a little bit Mm -hmm. there was so when she decides that she's gonna um resurrect Tommy Mm -hmm. because she couldn't stand seeing her boyfriend all sad right Ambrose goes off on her and yeah. I an amazing speech. He calls her out on all her fucking bullshit. And I was like, thank God. He's like, I'm not going to help you with any of this. This is like a terrible, stupid idea. Mm-hmm. You don't know what the fuck you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
He's just like, you know, you're selfish, you're entitled, you think for whatever reason, what, because you're half witch, half human, you get to just, the rules don't Oh, but everything's going to gonna be fine. Yeah. Everything's going to be fine. Yeah. And then you found out, like, she skipped a step. She didn't realize that she had to she reunite. Had to ha- the- she had to have the body there. But, yep. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and then he calls her out again. He's like, oh, so you don't even know what the fuck you know you're what? doing. You know what? Honestly, Ambrose is the smartest character, I think, on the show. Um, you could see, even though he's super young looking, you see all the experience that he's gone mm-hmm. through throughout his life yes and very knowledgeable extremely he he's he, like the research guy he yeah, knows everything <laughs> he does he does and you know he's i don't know i mean I, I ambrose is just a character that i think we are unfortunate in this society did not see enough of in mm-hmm. television um pansexual character mm-hmm. you know he's he's extremely well well spoken mm-hmm. you know um he said educated he's educated he's supportive of his family com- ex- completely but he he has his beliefs but he knows the difference between right and wrong mm-hmm. and i think that's fantastic and that's why you know a character that well-rounded that well-developed and in this day and age is not seen often mm-hmm. enough in TV shows. I mean, we get a lot of character development in a lot of shows these days for characters and a lot of characters who we sympathize for and can relate to and things. But for some reason, I see Ambrose as someone that I could sit down and just have a cup of coffee with. Oh, absolutely. You know? <laughs> I'd love to sit and like shoot the shit with Ambrose. Yeah. Right. Maybe make like as much as bit, as much as, there you, go. <laughs> you know, as much as I loved He's and felt good. and could sometimes relate to Jon Snow. Something tells me having coffee with Jon Snow would be a little awkward. <laughs> Sad coffee. I uh, would. But uh, with Ambrose. So with his character. So in the beginning of the season. There's a kid that dies. They do the autopsy oh, or the because yeah. they're also a funeral home. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So the kid that they bring in, I can't remember. Yeah, I can't think of his name either. Name. Name, but that was Luke's. Uh, that was Luke's old boyfriend, yes. I believe. Yeah. But they find out. So this kid was a witch. Yep. And that he had a familiar. Yep. And then the familiar dies, which I totally blamed Lucas for for like the longest time because I was like, that's really odd timing. And then he comes in, y'all fuck, and then you wake up the next day and hmm. Lucas is gone and the familiar is dead. I never thought about it. And I'm it like, like that. Ambrose, you're way too fucking smart for this. Like, I never thought of it. Well, yeah, well, no flags. A- as much as Ambrose is like an amazing smart character, Ambrose thinks with his dick a lot. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. He's he's on house arrest with his family. He got a chance to fuck something. He's gonna he's yeah. gonna fuck something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I support. Can't be mad at. Him. And then not, there's the and, and then he has the orgy in his room and yeah. it's like oh my god. Well, because you know prudence and it was like the feast of feasts and everything. Yeah. But so that whole kind of side storyline with this young witch that died, Ambrose worried that there might be witch hunters on the loose or something. And if yeah. it's not witch hunters, then what is it? Mm-hmm. Not really addressed until the, we see the parents grieving and then they eventually commit suicide. Yeah, and that's it. And now Ambrose is just hooking up with Lucas. He managed to convince um, the high priest to loosen up on his house arrest. So he goes to the school and does stuff there in Mm -hmm. a super nice suit. And I'm just like... He's even given a familiar of his own. Yes. Yeah, the mouse. And I can't think of his name. We're not... It starts with an L. Shit. No. It doesn't matter. I can't think of it. But just the fact that that wasn't addressed again. And since I haven't started part two yet, because I, I really wanted to, I had to fight every urge to start part two because I've learned I can't watch ahead oh, recording okay. schedules because then yeah. I get all oh, blah, 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 even worse than now. Yeah. <laughs> but so I'm just like, was that anything or was that 
what what was the point of all of that? Yeah, right. Was it just huh. to kind of bring in the Lucas character? Jeez, I never thought about that. I've watched that season four times, and I've never thought about that once. And yeah. that's a great point. So I'm just kind of like, fuck, I'm never going to look at that the same. Huh. But, <laughs> okay. So yeah, but I love Ambrose. Um, can't wait to see what's in store for him. I really encourage you to watch season two. And when you do, let me know because I'll start it again and then yes. we'll schedule another one of these Absolutely. and we'll talk about it. Because season two is actually of the three my favorite season, even though okay. I've watched it the least. Sure. So it's a lot of fun. Um, Can we talk about uh, Missy? Oh, well, she's Missy. She was Miss Missy Wardwell, on, Madam Miss War- Satan. Exactly. <laughs> so I love Michelle Gomez. Oh, she's oh, great, she's isn't wonderful. she? Wonderful. Did you know she was in the show before you started watching it? A little, I forgot that she was. Okay. Because I, I knew I wanted to eventually watch this show, so I stayed away from as many spoilers as mm. I could. Okay. Um, but I had seen bits and pieces that she was in it. I just completely forgot until I started, yeah. until I pulled up first episode. And sure. I was like, like, my note is, Missy! <laughs> <laughs> She's like, God, I fucking love her. That's funny. Um, And I love her in this. I love, as a villainous villain. You know what? <laughs> Michelle Gomez is a beautiful woman. She is. And she's got that great hair. I was just going to say how much of that might be clip-ins. It is amazing. I think it's all natural. I can see it. It looks natural. I think she's naturally curly. Yeah. But, you know, her hair also helps build her character because the way that she lets her hair down Mm kind of gives off a bit of a villainous look. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like a traditional uh, Disney yeah. Uh, female villain like kind of like well even though you never saw Maleficent's hair I kind of get a Maleficent vibe off of uh, yeah. off of uh, Michelle Go- Gomez not saying she's an evil person yeah. but... <laughs> well and then she wears I love her outfits her, mm. she wears a lot of like form-fitting clothing but it's not like revealing you she's know, got a great not, body she does. she does and for an for what is she I think she's like 54 50 I don't know how old he, you know. I have to know. Yeah, I, I have to know. But, but she is. Oh, she is. Uh, ma- apparently, I'm into older women. But <laughs> um, fifty three. She's fifty three. Okay. So Michelle Gomez's character, Miss yeah. Wardwell, she actually she's a demon, the mother yeah. of demons. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. The demon mother, or yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. She's ba- 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 one, one of her well, she's titles. Lilith. 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 Yes. Yeah, she is. Yeah, Lilith is like, yeah, mother, queen of hell, queen yeah. of demons, however you want to put it. Yeah. Okay. So she, so in the first episode, she takes over, she possesses, she murders the teacher, mm-hmm. the actual Miss Wardwell. Yep. Takes her over. Yep. And kind of uses that to start getting in with like Sabrina and building her trust and everything. But then all I couldn't, I couldn't help but wonder like, all right. So you took over this woman's body, you know, assumed mm-hmm. her identity or whatever, mm-hmm. possessed her. But are you still teaching? <laughs> Do you ever leave your office other than to creepily stalk Sabrina? You know, I don't know why my brain thinks of these. I'm like, the fuck are you doing in the office talking to your familiar all day? Don't you have classes to teach? Oh, God, yeah. And she never really <laughs> did, is she? She never did. She no. was always in her office. Well, you know, maybe we were just led to believe that behind the scenes sure. she was she had to play the role. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, is that season one or season two? That's season two. Okay, I'm not going to spoil okay. that. Um, but you're right. You're right. I mean, it's I it, it's like Miss Wormwell is always talking to her raven. and Until she doesn't. And it's like Sabrina never, never seems to be in class either. True. <laughs> you know, it's really weird. I, you know, I, I wish know high school was like that way. Right? <laughs> you know? they, they get to hang out in the library all the time. It's fine. Fuck. That, that counts, apparently. But 
I think towards the end of season one, part one, they do show him like in class and Miss Wardwell is mm-hmm. teaching things. But mm-hmm. it just because I'm like, wouldn't that be red flags to super creepy, rapey cousin Balky, who's now the principal of this school? <sighs> Hawthorne. Hawthorne. Fucking Hawthorne. He was by the. So at the end of the season, end of part one, he's just he's. Like just hitting on Miss Wardwell super hard and oh creepy. yeah <laughs> during the tornado during the tornado uh, yeah um and I was super proud of Hilda um in that mm-hmm. episode too but so he's just being creepy and weird and I was like I swear to God if she doesn't fucking kill him I'm gonna be very upset see the way the last episode was set up I hate TV shows that do what they did where. She was telling the story to some unknown person mm-hmm. in a, a chair, and, and then it flashes to I, – I'm not a fan of that type of ju- – just the way that t- those type of episodes are put together. I don't know why. I have no excuse to give you. It's just that <laughs> I wish they could have just all let it played out sure, and then come up with some clever way in the end for her to kill yeah. Principal Hawthorne. But I – I, I, I think it was unnecessary for Principal Hawthorne to know that whole story. Maybe she was just looking to get it all off her chest. That's kind of the feeling I got. Because at first I wasn't, you know, we don't know who she's talking to. So I'm like, is she talking to Satan? Did she, you know, some other new demon that they're going to introduce in the next oh, season? Oh, sure, sure. You know, just kind of the, that level of guessing game. And then, yeah, it just seemed like when you found out that she finally got Hawthorne and tied him to the chair and was getting ready to eat and murder him. Yeah. It it really just seemed more of like a, a confessional, and uh, yeah, I'm but get this off my chest so I can enjoy my meal. <laughs> but it's like what I mean. What does she have to be guilty for at that point? She's doing the maybe dark. It wasn't guilt. It maybe it was just a brag. Like a, you think so? Maybe. Hmm. Like here's because she felt that she did it. Yeah, right. Right. She accomplished. Yeah. She got Sabrina to sign the Book of Beasts. Yeah, I mean, it was her. I mean, the whole time. Um, the, this gets touched on on a little more in season two, but I'm not going to really spoil it, but the exorcism, the, mm. uh, which fantastic fucking episode right yes. there. Oh my God. Was, oh my God. Uh, what was the, uh, what do you say his name was? Mirakai ice cream backwards or something oh, like yeah. that, but that wasn't his real name. But anyways, the, uh, the exorcism, uh, the resurrection, uh, and, oh, I guess I was it signing her name in the book there was one more mm-hmm. thing there were th- yeah there were three tasks that she that miss uh wardwell uh, uh you know uh, lady madam satan mm-hmm. uh was uh had to make sure sabrina followed through on and those yep. are the three tasks they touch up a lot more on that in season two okay uh because this is when season two is really when sabrina finds out a lot more about the sure. people around her so spoilers i guess <laughs> but um yeah yeah miss wardwell though man uh she's Michelle Gomez, just in general, she pulls off the role so well. I mean, she does. She has a, she just has this great demeanor about her that I love, and the way and, she carries herself and the character, like as the character. It was like a satan- watching the satanic Missy. It really was. It was a sexy satanic, just Missy. as manipulative, just as, uh, just as cunning and charming, and because she is a charming character, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's. 
convinced not just Sabrina, but she convinced her aunts that Edward had put her in charge of Mm -hmm. watching her from the shadows. For Zelda and Hilda, for as smart as they are, especially Zelda. That was really disappointing. That should have been a, like, instead of a, oh, I'm not surprised Edward did this. It should be Mm -hmm. more of a... Hmm. I'm going to look into this a little further to make sure you are who you say you are. Right. Because Sabrina's already gone through enough shit as it is, and they know about it. Why all of a sudden just suddenly just trust this new person that you're meeting to say, oh, yo, Edward. Right. It's not like Edward is unknown in that community. Yep. You know? And that's because I was kind of wondering that, too. So I'm like, well, so witches don't have, like, a spidey sense where they can kind of sense, like, another witchy or some oh, other aura point. or anything like that. I was yeah, like, at, sure. least with not, at least not within, like, this telling of witches and, and yeah. storyline. Right, right. So, so yeah, so it was a little disappointing to, to find out that Zelda, that, yeah, she t- totally fooled Zelda. I thought for sure Zelda would be like, hmm, a little more hmm about it. Mm, yeah, right. Um, but... I, yeah. I like Missy. Oh, God. I still yeah. call her Missy. <laughs> well, since we're both Doctor Who fans, you know. It's, it's yeah. You know what? Actually, I think the fact that they gave her such, it's not like she's Daniel Radcliffe who's trying to do other things in his career and try to be known for other things, but he's always going to be Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. At least with Michelle Gomez, she's being put into roles where she could be identified as that person. Yeah. You know, to and fans. she does them so well. She does. She pulls them off great. So. Um, I loved... Also, the episode within oh, – I've been thinking about this, and why is the name escaping me right now? Come on, Eric. Um, when the sleep demon gets loose in the house. Yes. Oh, my God. Why am I forgetting um, the sleep Batty demon? Batty Bat? Batty Bat. Thank you. So a classic dream episode. Mm-hmm. And I like – With a bit of a twist to it, With though. a bit of a twist. With yeah. that witchy. Yeah. That witchy twist to it. Mm-hmm. So – that was really fun and interesting to see them all kind of getting stuck in their own nightmare, their own hell. Mm-hmm. Um, Ambrose's was the best, though. It was. I felt like that was, like, the <laughs> deepest and darkest one. It was, but it was also the funniest, I felt, because they were responding to each other. And yeah. Just, I thought that yeah, was good. just so fucked up. But, yeah. you know, that's when we see that Zelda cares deeply for her sister, Hilda. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And that Hilda still can't always stand Zelda. <laughs> yeah. I actually, of all the dreams, Hilda's was the one I felt the worst. Uh, I felt like so bad for her because you could tell that, Z- at least during that dream sequence, mm-hmm. that, you know, all Hilda really wants is to be loved. Yeah. She does. Mm-hmm. You know, she's been treated like shit from her sister. The only person who she's really had truly as her constant her entire life. Mm-hmm. You know, she, I don't know if she actually really had an infatuation with Principal Hawthorne and that's why he was, you know, in the dream. I'm guessing so. But, you know, it's just that. Some sort of attention. Yeah. And the way she was like, just, you know, during like the little dinner sequence with all the weird like jelly fucking desserts that they had. I thought that was the weirdest looking fucking (laughs) spread of desserts ever. But like all she's talking about is how her sister just treats her like crap and just like garbage and. You know, it's, I feel terrible for her. It's like, I mean, me personally, I mean, I'm not going to go into too much of my personal life, but, you know, I never really had that close of a relationship with my, uh, with my sister either. Mm -hmm. Um, So in a way, I kind of related a little bit to that. That resonated with you. You kind of understood that. You just wanted to be seen and recognized, you know, like, like Hilda just wanted to be seen and, and acknowledged Right. By Zelda in a in a positive, not negative, you know, because then we also find out that during the ca- their time at the Academy, Zelda. She was being harrowed. Harrowed. Yeah. Um, hazing. Hazing, yeah. hazing for the witches. But yeah, it was 
Hilda felt the brunt of it from Zelda. Like Terrible. Zelda just viciously apparently dished it out. And yeah. it was kind of nice to see that. I think that was the end of the dream one where yeah. <laughs> Zelda admits she's like, well, I'm sorry. Like she was genuinely yeah. trying to apologize. We do see the relationship between them change a little, little bit, bit yep. after that. And that actually does continue into the other seasons. Mm-hmm. Zelda's still Zelda. Yeah. That's not going to fucking change. But they're definitely they definitely become a little closer. Yep. And you get that sense definitely by like the end of the first season because so also what happens in the first season is their high priest of their church yep yep uh, father blackwood father blackwood yeah his wife is pregnant and Mm -hmm. and then um he asks zelda to be the the unholy godmother the unholy godmother yeah i love love how everything's like the opposite that's that's like i got like the biggest kick out of that i just thought it was one of the things i found really funny about the show and i don't know if it was meant to be Mm -hmm. a bit of a chuckle comedy tie-in or anything but i just i loved how they took everything about like christianity and just flipped it and just replaced god with satan and you know add unholy to godmother and just all it just was i got up i got a huge kick out of it it's great actually that's really (laughs) good writing that is fantastic writing right there so then Mm. so zelda is the unholy godmother and she's like the um whatever they're called that helps the oh, fuck what is the name of it handmaiden no not not a handmaid um like a like a oh fuck like a beulah someone a, to... assists with the birth she's basically like okay. their doctor they're her anyways well, they're unholy doctor, they're unholy doctor. <laughs> i don't know um it's like right there too it's gonna drive me fucking nuts but so she helps lady blackwood mm-hmm. with Throughout her pregnancy, which Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you find out is 13 months. (laughs) And she was as big as she was, only like partway, like a third of the way in. She also mentions that she's only in like her fourth trimester. And I'm like, you can't be in a fourth trimester. Try T-R-I three. Mm -hmm. So that made me irrationally mad. I I never thought about that. But I guess I've seen that from a male's perspective, though. I never thought about it. It's like, first of all, pregnant for 13 months, hard no. Second of all, you can't have four trimesters. Yeah. Yeah, you can't. That is the funniest thing. Huh. Don't You're ask in your court. Maybe they, would, maybe, they maybe they should out. rewrite that to like your court master or something like that. Something. I don't know. Well, it's too late now. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah. I mean, that is a that that's actually an interesting episode right there because you know we're led to believe that Father Blackwell and Lady Blackwell are going to have twin boys. Mm-hmm. You know, and Father Blackwell's like, oh, this is fantastic. You know, praise Satan. You yep, know? yep. And you know, we come to find out, you know, oh, that's not the case at all. It's a girl and a boy. Yep. And the and, girl was born first. And Zelda's biggest fear was that you know the baby girl was going to be kind of outcasted Mm -hmm. you know you know maybe sacrificed or Mm -hmm. whatever because i mean father blackwell always knew that prudence was his daughter Mm -hmm. so what would stop him from treating her any difference than the way they treated prudence yep you know so i understand what she did why she did what she did which actually she took took the the baby girl she took the baby girl Mm -hmm. you know for the for to protect her Mm -hmm. um Season three touches up on that a lot. Okay. A lot, a lot. You're going to get a lot of follow-up on the children in season three. Season two, not so much. Sure. Very little bit. That's fine. But season three, there's a lot of good information in there about them that you'll see. But 
Father Blackwell just overall, as brilliant as his character was developed. I mean, I think Father Blackwell is an extremely well put together character. Mm -hmm. He's a kind of a stereotype in a way. If you think of like, I don't know if you've ever done any personal research on like dark priests or anything like that. But like, I think about going back in. I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on this, but I'm, as I'm not. But I think about back in the early 90s, late 90s, late 90s, early 2000s, back when I was more in like my gothic phase. Mm-hmm. And I actually owned a copy of the Satanic Bible that was written by, uh, I think it was written by Anton LaVey, mm-hmm. who was the head of the Church of Satan at one point in time. I don't know really know a lot about him. But the way that Father Blackwell was put together kind of reminds me a little bit of Anton LaVey. Okay. I thought it was really good. And just like he's just... I mean, Anton LaVey was very, very, very smart, you know, and I don't really think he was an asshole or anything like that. He just his beliefs were really, really deep. And Father Blackwell's are the same. But I think Father Blackwell is trying to, in his own right, trying to become more powerful than the Dark Lord without trying to seem like he's trying to overshadow the Dark Lord, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Um, Like he's trying to get to people at the Church of Night to really worship him more even mm-hmm. though they're praising the name of the dark lord yeah you know what i'm saying yep. um well because like it was him that had decided that all of a sudden they're gonna relive the old glory days of the feast of feasts yeah because we're told that sabrina's father when he was the high priest yeah he outlawed he, it, he outlawed it yeah. because it was barbaric <laughs> it's fucked up fucking cannibal. Don't eat your own kind funny thing going back to the comic books real quick uh just don't eat people zelda and hilda in the comics are cannibals interesting like just they're cannibal cannibals, you know? So just thought I'd throw that in there since we were on the Feast of Peace again. But um, no, but you're right. He and a lot of that old timey, more misogynist ways of the church come out in later in the later seasons, mm-hmm. too, um, especially in actually in season two. Father Blackwell is, you know, my way, my way, my yeah. way. Yep. You know, his way, which is inspired by. The Dark Lord and the Church yeah. of Night, but it's still ultimately his way. He'll take bits and pieces to, like you kind of, like you said, kind of get like the people, the congregation, mm-hmm. unholy congregation, mm-hmm. to follow him and, and do his his will. But it's ultimately, yeah, I think it's it's him and not what the Dark Lord wants. Right, right. It's what he wants. We're just going to do this in the name of the Dark Lord, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. You know, so Much I have like so a lot of Christians. Hey, <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast right there. <laughs> but again, just kind of drawing those lines of like the Satanism and how they're representing it, right? And we're seeing it from it. Right. There's a lot of how Christians or people of strong practicing, just faith. strong religious values. Yeah. You know, not yeah. not not Christians specifically, but well, the way I see. The way that he runs the Church of Night, because you're right. I think with the way he runs the Church of Night is not the way that, you know, Satan would Mm -hmm. do it himself. Yeah. Um, Or even Edward had done it. Right, right. Yes, he is on the more traditional, old traditional side of things where women had absolutely no say whatsoever. It was all about the warlocks. The warlocks were the ones who practiced the dark magics, Mm -hmm. while the women more practiced things like, you know, spells about healing. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, what's the word? The the practice study, the practice of herbs and study of herbs. Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, Uh, I can't think of it. Herbology? Yeah, herbology. Something like that. 
Mm-hmm. God, I'm thinking of Harry Potter right now, and I'm trying to remember <laughs> what they call it. Oh, was, I'm going to walk out of this room. Like and, the Witcher. <laughs> I'm going to walk out of this room, and I'm going to be like, "Damn it, that's the word." Uh, but you know, he—that's where he falls in, and it's. It, I think back to one of one of the last episodes of Game of Thrones in season eight, and probably like the only really good one was the one right before the battle uh, at. Uh, uh, Oh, where the fuck is uh, is fucking Jon Snow from again? Uh, Winterfell. Winterfell. God, it's been a while since Win- I watched it. Winterfell. Right, the episode right before the Battle of Winterfell, where uh, Tormund is talking to Brienne, and she's talking about becoming a knight. Mm-hmm. And it's one of my favorite lines out of eight seasons, where he's like, "Why can't you be a knight?" And she's like, yeah. "Tradition." And he says, "Fuck, fuck tradition." tradition. Yep. Exactly. And oh. I love that. Oh, Tormund. <laughs> I, I want to see him in something else soon. But I think what's great about this show is I think of that mm-hmm. and I think of Sabrina herself mm-hmm. and how she's trying to say fuck tradition. Yep. Okay. And again, that comes out a lot more in later seasons as she's uh, trying to make things more equal, oper- more of an equal opportunity for witches, yep. not just warlocks. And yep. I think that's a fantastic thing about her. I love the fact that she is willing to stand up to the highest member of the church, mm-hmm. or at least of her church, and say, you know what? You're fucking wrong. Yeah. Okay. No. Her questioning why, you know, why she was signing the, the Book of Beasts. Yeah. What at all? Just questioning it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know... That's when we first meet Father Blackwell's like early in the season, first or second episode. She's questioning signing the the Book of Beasts. He yeah. comes in, he's like, Oh yeah, no, it's totally fine. Yeah. Finds out he lied. Mm-hmm. Surprised by it. And I'm like, Y'all worship Satan. Stop being surprised when you're lying <laughs> to each other and when you're uh, right. crossed and shit. Right. And so it, but it's like she's so I like that. And then their little their little like group that they put together at school, her Susie and Ross, oh, Wicca. the yeah. Wicca. Yeah, yeah. Because at first I was like, and I love this. It, it. I wasn't sure like what what timeline, what time period are we looking at for this show? Yeah. I was like, is it? Are we like set in the past? Roz mentioned something about being part of a group or um, something of like the the daughters of black the the daughters. Oh, of the black daughters Panthers. of Black Panthers. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So I'm like, okay, so it's a little further back. But then I'm like. But you're fighting for like all this like inclusion and like using a lot of terms more familiar to nowadays, mm-hmm. um, which was great. But mm-hmm. then whatever you find out, I, I read a little later because then you see like cell phones. Like Harvey has a cell phone, right? Right. They've all like the witches. They have phones in their home. There all, are, this, there, all this other there, stuff. But what's funny, aside from the cell phones, you don't really see a lot of modern tech in the yep. show. And I looked up, so I was reading about that, and they intentionally kept it that way. So you get a sense of that past yet present feeling. Yeah, well, um, that's cool. They did that um, in Gotham, in the Gotham TV series. Sure. So there was minimal technology right. that we're familiar with. I'm one season behind on Gotham right now. Um, oh. they, they, like, they had cell phones, but they were old like, flip phones. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, and then there was, oh, Bates Motel. They kind of did that as well, where you kind of had this sense of, a little bit of the past, but it's taking place now because the way the um, costuming, the vehicle, some of the settings. Am I wrong? And I might be wrong here. Yes. The, <laughs> yeah, you know what? I very well could be. The mom from Bates Motel. Is that Diana from, Spellman? Is that the same? Is that Vera, the same actress? Vera from 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 Ming. She. Mm, She's in like the Conjuring movies. The You're right. She, right. She plays what? She plays one of the. Uh, uh, um, I can't remember the name of the couple. 
No, I don't think it's her. No, she plays. I don't yeah, know why I think they plays, look alike. Um, Elaine or Lorraine of Ed and Lorraine Warren. Warren, the, yeah, the, you're right. Go, you're right. Hunters. You're right. Um, you yeah, know, she does a lot of like cool. Do you know that? that do you know cool? that the the Warrens have their own museum? Yes. Of like all their supernatural stuff. Yes. I want to go there. Me too. Supposedly, you're not supposed to touch anything. I'm not gonna, I and f- we can like go all day about like ghosty hunty shit because oh, I man. love ghosty hunty things. That's fun. Um. I don't know why I feel like there's the same actress, but you know what? Maybe they're not. Well, I didn't even think about it until you said Bates Motel. <laughs> yeah. And that was such a good show, too. I've only seen the first season. Oh, it's so good. It's it's done now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, the actor that played Norman Bates, now he's the good doctor on the show they're called, called The Good Doctor. Oh, okay. Very clever. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, that was a really great show. Sorry, I'm spacing off. No, no, you're cool, dude. Um, <laughs> oh, and then there's like the good old, I feel like we're kind of jumping around. That always seems to happen, but that's all right. That's all right. That's why you have the, that's why you can edit these things. <laughs> um, So let's see, the witching hour. And I've got, I kind of put down some fun facts that I found on the oh, cool. old AMD beam. So, okay. So the season ends. Episode 10, The Witching Hour. How can mm. there be four trimesters? Ugh, Harvey, so boring. <laughs> That's like witches be witch, witches be bitches. Hashtag Greendale 13. <laughs> I watch really late at night, so I'm oh, I'm I a lot it. funnier than I think. I, and then I realize, well, no, wait, I think oh. I'm funnier. Real quickly, though, since yeah. you just brought it up, the, <laughs> the Greendale 13. I thought about this when I watched the last episode last night. I felt like it was kind of a waste of time bringing them back. They didn't do anything. Yeah, they summoned the rider, mm-hmm. but nothing happened. Yeah. They were really good at standing there going like this yeah. and Maybe. shaking doors. Yeah. That's what I all I felt like they were doing was shaking doors. Like do you ever watch do you ever watch uh, uh, honest trailers on YouTube? Yeah. I feel like if they ever did an honest trailer of season 1, they were going to go that way and talk about the, All they did was shake like, the doors. Like they summoned the evil creepy the, bouncers. The, the green 13 mm-hmm. who are really good at Shaking your doors. <laughs> and then a super cut of all the doors being, being shaken. Yeah. And then people just stand there looking. Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were they were a bit of a, a disappointment. It was because they really they put a really good backstory into them. They did. They really did. And just like when Roz went in uh when, when Roz went into limbo mm-hmm. and you know what saw Tommy Soul and then like she turned around, she saw one of the thirteen with her noose around her neck and mm-hmm. when when uh 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 Sabrina went to the tree and it took a bite from the apple yep. and saw everything going on there. I mean, that was, that was good. Mm-hmm. And they gave the 13 a great backstory. They just failed yeah. on delivering when it was time to bring them out. Yeah. Like, and it's like, why did it have to be these 13 women summoning some man to like destroy some shit? Literally the Blech. best part of the bringing them in at the end was when they were standing in a circle on Susie's lawn. Yeah. Like I wasn't even that impressed in the part where Ambrose and Luke walked through the woods and saw them doing their doing mm-hmm. doing their uh their their spell or their their conjuring whatever they were doing and then like Ambrose got grabbed by the neck by the really oh, yeah. old lady. He got like, force choked. I didn't even yeah, basically and I I I just I didn't even find that that impressive. Mm-hmm. I was just like I ex- I expected a little more, but at the same time, we're talking about a show aimed at teenagers. Yep. You, what are they going to do? I mean, it's not like they're going to portray and teenagers the- are dumb and 
<laughs> there you go. Yeah. You said it, not me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I really liked, yeah, so I liked, because then after that, we got the um, the winter, kind of a little bit of a standalone episode. The yeah, yeah, yeah. So that one is interesting in itself. I thought that was a really good, fun kind of... Um, yeah, like a special episode, I act- seasonal episode. I really like, and I really love the idea though of the Yule log. And mm-hmm. actually, what's cool is they went into a lot more of the tradition. They they celebrated Christmas on the show in a traditional, like the in the what is it like the tra- traditional pagan way or something like that. Yeah, I um, think so. you know, and, and that's really cool. That's really cool that they 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 didn't try to make it all about Christ and Santa mm-hmm. and you know. To- I- presents and shit like that they use it as a celebration of i guess kind of the dead i i I, maybe a little bit Mm. um i just the way that they presented their christmas episode felt more like a halloween episode and i Mm, loved that it was just kind of like the little like in between scenes you know like the day before christmas it was just like this dramatic like and like (laughs) the red writing and there's just some of like some of the stuff that i also found funny within the series is just the um there was just like this one scene harvey's talking about the weird scary thing that happened to him in the mines and there's like this moment where there's like a little bit of a zoom in and the music gets super dramatic yeah because i think it was like Susie, like oh my uncle had an experience in the mines and harvey comes up he's like what are you and then it like zooms in and it gets all like really dramatic for a second. And I just busted out laughing. I was like, that is cheesy as fuck. And I love it. Do it again. <laughs> oh, that's good. You know, it's really funny, actually. You know, the episode where uh, she goes down into the mines with uh, uh, with Harvey. Mm-hmm. Harvey gets really scared at one point and is like backed up against the wall and on his butt and is on his butt. And uh, Sabrina comes over. It's like, Harvey, what's wrong? What's wrong? And, you know, he's all freaking out. And like he saw something that scared him. And mm-hmm. she looks literally right next to him. And she says, Harvey, it's just rocks. But if you actually look at those rocks carefully, in the shape. they're in the shape of the devil. It's mm-hmm. like. Those are not just fucking rocks. Mm. What are you talking about? Mm. Not at all. Uh, it's too funny. It's too funny. You know, there's one character we still have not talked about yet. Hmm. Salem. Oh, yeah. We haven't talked about Salem. Now, I love Salem. Salem is... I rem- I do the remember... Cat. Yes. Yeah, I, rem- <laughs> I remember him from the original TV show. He's like mm-hmm. the only thing I really remember. You know? he, he talked and he'd like file his cat nails and yeah, he was sassy. Yeah, he's a sassy <laughs> cat. Um, so in the comic books, Salem... Now, uh, I could be a little bit wrong about this. So uh, if I am wrong, please, somebody let me know. Um, Absolutely. But Salem wasn't... Uh, basically uh conjured up the way that they show in the show mm-hmm. um so in the show sabrina goes in the woods does her spell to conjure up uh, a which goblin is, to uh take the form of uh an animal to be her familiar which from what i gathered was even different than what they would traditionally do to try and get a familiar like she oh. just kind of put out feelers she's like hey i need a basically she's like hey i need a, a familiar if anyone wants to sign up yeah because like zelda's like that's not how you get a familiar you i don't know what the more proper way but that was maybe right. i misinterpreted that scene but that's kind of how i took it sabrina because yeah they were like no you need to get a familiar before you sign like the book or whatever she's like eh. which is funny considering I they're not a, a lot tweet. which is really funny 
considering that once she signs the book, she's supposed to go to the uh, the Academy of, uh, of Unseen Arts, but she can't bring her familiar with her. Mm-hmm. That's a little weird, but mm-hmm. nonetheless, <laughs> in the comics, Salem actually was a warlock. And I believe his name was Samuel. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing where I'm really trying to draw a line as what was his name, Samuel. I think it was. And Samuel was hellbent on world domination. So they put him in a cat mm-hmm. to keep him from – because I think that's almost the same I, – I don't know for certain. But I feel like Salem in the 90s series was like a – like Chucky, like a an evil person or mm-hmm. something – Stuck, possessed in a cat, and they, they can't do any harm. And then he get hit. Then basically, uh, somewhere down the line, some witch or warlock basically was like, "No, you've had enough. Mm-hmm. You're going to be a cat for now on." Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I I love that story about him. I think it's a great background. And in this, you know, it's just like he's a goblin who lives in a cat body. Uh-huh. <laughs> cool yeah. <laughs> you know but i think say i think even salem in, in in himself is a really good character even though all he does is meow we know that salem will protect sabrina mm-hmm. like when the scarecrow was chasing her through mm-hmm. yep. uh, uh the, the like maze uh, yeah, cornfield cool. maze yeah that was awesome uh that was a great great scene and uh the way that uh uh she glamours uh yes, uh the cat to look like uh look like herself so she can distract batty bat yep. you know in the house and that was that that's fantastic very helpful very Useful. very loyal mm-hmm. i don't even want to say pet it's yeah. not a pet a familiar companion. companion there we go <laughs> there we go do i wish they would have gone the more the route that they did in the comic books or at least maybe go into some sort of backstory mm-hmm. you know sure but they wrote it the way that they wrote mm-hmm. it. You know, these are goblins, yep. you know, and it's nothing we could do about it. Yeah. So they can't go back on it at this point. But, oh, I love Salem. Yeah. I used to have a black cat. I think you knew yeah. that, right? Yeah, oh, I think you told I me that. Him so much. He was such a good cat. Because um, then I was also reading that the actress that plays Sabrina Kierna Shipkin. Yeah. Shipkin. Yeah. Pretty sure I didn't pronounce any of it. <laughs> I can never name. pronounce her last name. Um she she's really allergic to cats. Oh, get out of here, really? So that's oh. why that's why Salem isn't at least in the first season, I don't know about the rest of the series, but that's mm-hmm. why he's not in a lot of scenes with her. Um and oh. after reading that kind of I never of thought about it, but yeah. It, I was like she she never carries them. They're always at a She he's always at her feet. Yep, at yeah. a relatively like safe distance. But um, it's like at the same time after filming scenes all day and the f- First episode where the first episode where we were we meet Salem, mm-hmm. which actually I think was the first episode. Uh, you, I think she picks him up. Yeah, she does pick him up. But now that I'm thinking about it, I think you're right. Yeah. After that, I don't think she's don't ever think carried she's, him again. That I can think of. Think oh, that's gonna drive me. That's time. gonna drive me insane. <laughs> I'm gonna. Oh, do I have to watch this season for the fifth for time? Fifth time. <laughs> that's too funny. Um, but yeah, I like Salem. I it's unfortunate that she's allergic to cats because I feel like maybe if that wasn't an issue, we'd have more more scenes with her in Salem. At least having conversations, much like right, Missy. <laughs> but the Wardwell. nice thing about the way that they developed Salem's character is we know Salem is always there watching. Yep. Like may not physically be on screen, you know, or even be in the same place, but Salem has a sense, mm-hmm. and Salem knows. Yep. So we always know that in the background. So mm-hmm. that's 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 great character development, and the fact that you could de- do that type of character development for an animal is pretty uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, I heard that too. Couple more things, real quick. Going yeah. back to Winter's Tale, I just wanted to point out. Oh sure, um, yeah, we kind of got off that. <laughs> I mean, that happened. So I liked, I really liked this episode because um, I was like, I'm glad Sabrina and the Weird Sisters are getting along. 
um, the weird, creepy Santa character oh, that was actually the guy, we find out was a demon. The guy who kid, the one who kidnapped Susie, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, you know, for kind of like a one-off, you know, like a holiday kind of episode, you don't expect even a dark show to go kidnapping kids dark. <laughs> <laughs> That's so very true. Like, that is very true. But they did a really good job. It wasn't, you know, for someone who was like 40 minutes ago just complaining, it should have been darker. Like, it wasn't that dark. So I was, it worked well, I thought, overall. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what was the witch's name in that show? The one that came down from the mountain uh, who had... Um, oh, the one that was, that helped, then helped, um, was, yep. Oh, don't know. Unfortunately... I don't even though I know that's played into see into part one of the show, I have not watched that episode as many times as I've watched one through mm-hmm. ten because it is it, it, it is a standalone yeah. episode. You know, yes, there's a lot of references going back into mm-hmm. the first ten episodes, but ultimately you it can, is its own thing. Yep. So I don't know why I haven't gone back and really watched it that much. I mean, the the things that I the other thing that I really liked about this one mm-hmm. was okay, so yeah, we had the the witch from the mountain that comes down to like take kids or in a way to protect them mm-hmm. overall because mm-hmm. um, she's coming down for the baby that Zelda stole mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the way they kind of their little take on the King Solomon and I don't know oh, if and the three familiar, wise men uh, uh, the, the two moms oh and the baby so King oh I Solomon. think at the end of the episode yeah <laughs> so yeah so it's um I think it's King Solomon. There's the old churchy story, Bible story. This one, because I remembered this one because I really liked it. Okay. Um, but so there's two women claiming to be the mother of this baby. Mm-hmm. And they're they're asking King Solomon for his help to yeah. make sure the baby goes to its rightful mother. And so he's like, all right, fine. So he's got the two women standing there, holds up the baby, and he's like, we'll just split it in half. And you get one half and you get the other. One One mom's like fine i'll give a shit then i get half a baby the other one's like no please don't i'll do just go ahead and give the baby to her that's how king solomon knew she was yeah she was the real mom because no real mom would be okay with seeing their kid getting cut in half so he gave the real mom the baby they do a spin on that with the tugging with the tugging yeah so again i love how they're incorporating a little bit of like these old bible christiany you know stories but how do people worship that book? (laughs) (laughs) That is a terrible, terrible thing. Um, Oh my God. But then, yeah, so it's a little bit of a twist on that because then, yeah, it's like if they, so you're thinking that, okay, the person that doesn't want to pull will ultimately get the baby because that's how the story of King Solomon played out. But no, that's not the case here. Zelda ultimately lost the baby because she wasn't willing to like pull hard enough. And well, so it didn't end the way the King Solomon Bible story ended, right? but they still managed to kind of do a little bit of a switcheroo. But keep in mind, uh, Diana Diana, already knew that there was a glamour on, what was it? A teddy bear or something like that. So she already knew that. What, what's her name? Well, oh God, it's gonna. Kill I me can't. Too. Re- oh, I can't either. But she knew she wasn't going to get the baby. She mm-hmm. knew it, you know. Um, so that and that's good. That's good. Mm-hmm. I just, uh, oh God, the whole King Solomon thing. That's totally throwing me right now. Yeah. I, never, I, I didn't think about that. I really didn't think about that. See, and I just, I remember um, reading, hearing that story when I was really young, and I just 
that Oof. out of like all those old stories has stuck with me over the years. Yeah. Crazily enough. But by the end of it, um, oh, crazy. they get, they get the, um, that mountain kid, witch to help them. Yeah. Sabrina, the, the Spellman family to save Susie mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Zelda's like, once she, once this witch finds out a child is in danger, She's all over that shit. Yeah. Especially nope. a child that has a home to go to. So yep. that was kind of a really She cool... fucked that demon up. Yes. Oh my God. And then they decide to send the, the baby that Zelda had taken from Father Blackwell. Um they send the send her they send her away somewhere. Yeah. Um but I just remember, I'm like, that's a really good way to just write a baby out of a storyline because babies can come. Damn, I, you things. know what I really <laughs> I should have watched that episode last night too. I, re- I, I, as soon as I got done with episode ten, I started watching a movie. So, <laughs> damn, should have watched that because then I'd be more familiar with the uh, with remembering all that. But well, what did they do with the baby? Who do they? Zelda. I think she was just gonna send it off with some other Spellmans or something. Or what other Spellmans? I don't know. Maybe not other Spellmans. But she was gonna. They were gonna send the baby away. Okay. Um. Because I just wrote. Uh, let's see. This was a fun filler episode and a good way to write off the baby. Babies complicate storylines. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. That was good. Well, anyways, we, we we already know we we know that now she's no longer there. But like I said, season three, the chi- the children come back. Okay. Um, and they come back in a big way. Okay. Cool. It's not so they're not going to be in every single episode. Sure. They're not like primary focuses. Um but they there is a little bit of character development for uh uh for the children and um it it it's, it gets pretty crazy cool. with, with uh seeing how things turn out for them. Well, I'm very excited to start part 2. It's been hard oh, to not I'm start. So it. excited for you to watch it. it. Like I said, it is my favorite season of 3, even though I've only watched it what did I say 3 times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would easily watch it again. It's it's a fun watch, it's an easy watch. More uh out of every character in season 2, mm-hmm. Susie gets I think the best character development of anybody right else. Good. Uh she's just we didn't talk much about Roz and Susie. And oh, I we didn't, bad, did we? Feel bad about no. that. I think we we tried to start to, but it. I, I think it cut through. Well, I'll I'll say this really quick. They're both great. <laughs> they are. Um, Roz, R- Roz has a magnificent talent with the cunning. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, the 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 women in her family are cursed with blindness. Mm-hmm. You know, as her grandmother explains to her. But out of that blindness, I feel like they see a lot more than they oh, ever yeah. could with their natural sight. Absolutely. And Roz's, Roz's Ro- cunning is what picked up on creepy Santa. Right. And Roz, as a teenager. Has and I think it's just because she's a teenager, has a hard time coming to grasp with that. Mm-hmm. Her grandmother, you could tell, has lived with it for years and has and has been completely. I don't want to say okay. Maybe she. I don't know accepted. if she accepted. Accepted. Accept, yeah, accepted. She yeah, she accepted it, and she knew that the women in their family would have to, at some point in time, deal with this curse. Mm-hmm. And even though Roz on the show is not the same Roz. From the comics, I love this version of Roz. Mm-hmm. I think it's much needed for the show, for for Sabrina, definitely for Susie, mm-hmm. and as you're going to learn, definitely for Harvey. Um, the, the, she make Harvey cool. 
No, <laughs> not too cool. But they 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 definitely uh, uh, they 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 get closer. <laughs> and uh, as far as Susie goes, Susie is, in my opinion, another one of those characters. Like I was saying about Ambrose, mm-hmm. a character you. Well, I don't, yeah, I guess kind of rarely see in TV these days. I mean, yeah, I mean, let's, I mean, let's face it. Television has become so, so much more accepting of LGBTQ characters. Absolutely. They absolutely have. We may and, not have seen a lot of these characters in the past, but I feel like Susie's character, like we're just going to see more of mm-hmm. more Susie's. Yeah. Yeah, know? sure. Sure. More Susie's and Susie's development over season two is just for me personally is like it, it was kind of heartwarming mm-hmm. to see just how she grew to become more of who she truly is you know Good. more accepting of who she you could already tell in season 1 she already knows she's like i may have a girl's body but i'm a boy yeah season 2 she got giddy when Raz's grandma called her a, a boy. young man yeah, yeah. She, she said, young man. and in season 2 oh man there's one episode i don't want to spoil it we'll have to talk about it later but mm-hmm. I I don't really I I don't really tear tear up during shows or yeah. movies. I I I'm I'm pretty strong emotionally when it comes to that stuff. But there's a moment between Susie and her father that just it, it was got, it, yeah. it, it was so awesome. Right it was on. so so awesome. Well, and then you know, so I'm watching the show and I'm cruising IMDb, looking up my my fun facts and everything. And so I looked up the um, actor that plays Susie, mm-hmm. and their name is. Uh, and I'm probably not going to say this correctly, Lachlan Watson. Okay. So in just kind of reading their bio, they are, um, their pronouns are they, they're them. Yeah. And just kind of reading through their acting history, they've played characters, boys, girls, mm-hmm. trans, just all across that board mm-hmm. and very active in that LGBTQ community and everything, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. bringing more awareness to these kind of roles, to playing these roles. Yeah. And I thought that was that was great. Again, like you said, it's like we in the past we haven't seen a lot of it, a lot of these characters, a lot of these actors. Yeah. And it's great to see one in a very popular show that is still currently on. Yep. And mm-hmm. that is already season 4 has been confirmed too. So that's yeah. that's great. So it's like, yeah, and they are doing great work outside of the acting and what they what they're trying to do to bring awareness and acceptance and all of that to yeah, yeah, right on the real world. So and what's cool is you know it's not just Susie's character. Overall, it's the show. Mm-hmm. You know, the show does not shy away. And I wonder if this would have aired on the CW. How much? How much could they have shown? Because the CW and their shows are. They are they are very very pro LGBTQ, but mm-hmm. because it's a network channel, yep. I mean, even, they can only tied and, they can only do so much. Exactly. But with ne- with Netflix, they can they can really come out and display these characters the way that they're meant to be exactly displayed more, and how they're truthfully. supposed to be. Yep. Yeah, you know, they tell their stories the way they're meant to be told. Mm-hmm. And you know, you have Susie, you have Abrotel, Hell, you even had Prudence. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure Prudence is bisexual. Um, you know, uh, you have oh oh come on come on, uh, the other guy who likes Sabrina. Oh, oh yeah, it was like we, it's fuck, like we Nick have a, Stash or yeah, something like that. Yeah 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 <laughs> yeah. We haven't talked about him once. <laughs> no, and I, I'm thinking he'll probably come up a bit more. You know, he, oh he definitely will. <laughs> you know, his character was clearly introduced to eventually be and i know his character existed in the original series too 
Oh, did it? Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, because it was a, a thing that I, I read on. I oh, there's like okay. a line he says to Harvey uh, in the last episode, calls him farm boy, which is a, apparently a nod to the original series where oh, those right two on. characters, right on. One would that that '90s Nick Stash always called '90s Harvey. That's farm funny. Boy. I never knew that. Oh. So, but um, yeah, I think it's great. Just like you know, you have all of these characters who you know are just you know they're all, they're all their own unique character, and the way that they basically portray them they don't focus so much on their sexuality they mm-hmm. just focus so much on the person that they uh they, it shows that they these are just people yep They're and susie i think is the greatest representation of how a person struggles mm-hmm. to be who they are in a small town but you know she's She's accepted amongst her, you know, her amongst friends. Her, her friends. Yeah. And, and even know. like from her dad, even the little bit that we see in this first first season, like she's not super close with him. He doesn't really kind of get this feeling he's not entirely sure what to do, how to address it. But he cares. Like, you know, well, he's like, not like Harvey's dad. Like he's the like episode. A piece of shit. Like the ep- oh, yeah, fucking Harvey's dad. Uh, but like the episode where. Um, uh, she's listening in on her father uh, talk about uh, 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 having her uncle put into mm-hmm. uh, the institution. Yep. And they were talking about how when he was younger, he wore a dress. Yep. And she came down and she was like, so what? He wore a fucking dress. Yep. What the hell does that mean? Yep. You know, does that have anything to do with it? But it's like, I feel like in the way that her dad was talking about that scenario, it wasn't like with hate or malice. It was clearly with like a lack of understanding yeah. or knowledge or, you know, anything like that. They were just like, it was more or less like back in those days, he was considered funny, and this is what you did, right, you know, sure. like the quote unquote funny. I think know? you're really gonna come season two. You're really gonna like her dad. He he he. I, mean, I don't hate him. Good... I think he's. I think he. I mean, I hate Harvey's dad because yeah. he's a piece of shit. But I didn't feel. I didn't get that feeling from Susie's, from Susie's dad. dad. Yeah, I got just kind of more of a, a clueless father. I don't really know what to do, how to address this, and and still be supportive. Exactly, kind of feeling. He he him. he he's coming to he he's coming to terms, mm-hmm. and that's all you can ask for from a parent exactly. who's who never really grew up in that kind with anybody you know you know who was uh, gay in their family mm-hmm. you know so he's learning in his own way to be accepting of it and he's not one of those asshole redneck parents who are saying get the fuck out of my house right. you know yep. he's just like okay okay well we're i'll work with this we'll we'll figure it out exactly. i will i it's like i need a minute to to process this yeah but we'll be back and we'll move forward exactly kind of thing exactly. so um one of the little tidbits from imdb um in the episode chapter nine mm-hmm. where Susie is in that one store that Hilda works at. Oh, yeah, the coffee shop. Yep, the coffee yeah. shop, mm-hmm. comic book place, you know, whatever. Yeah. She And so she's, Susie's trying to steal a book because mm-hmm. her dead aunt is telling her. And I don't, I still don't know if I trust the dead aunt. Dorothea. Dorothea. Yeah. If it's actually her dead aunt. I'm starting to think maybe now, yes, but throughout that first season after that character the ghost was introduced and everything i'm like i don't know it seemed like dorothea was trying to kind of push her to do bad yeah, things. yeah but know? i think it wasn't it wasn't so much bad things but things outside of her comfort zone just to step out just to branch out i don't think 
now looking back, yeah, I don't think there was like malice or ill intent yeah. or anything. It was right. just like, girl, you got to push yourself. Right. But so Susie's trying to steal this book and whether, whether Dorothea told her to steal it or not, the fun fact was the book that Susie tries to steal is Orlando by Virginia Woolf. The book is about a character who changes genders repeatedly, reflecting Susie's own confusion about gender identity. Oh, fucking A. I never so, really noticed that. Again, just another fun fact to go along with that Susie character, to go along with the actor playing Susie and, and their role. What in an Easter life. egg to throw yeah. in. Wow. And then that is that really was, that's great thinking on the writer's part. Really, I, that's great. I thought that was that was definitely one of the cooler ones, one of the more fun ones yeah, in my for sure. opinion. Oh, very cool. So, um, yeah. So, Sabrina. Overall, I mean, fantastic show. I mean, there's nobody who I would say that you shouldn't watch this show. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a fun show. It, it's. Let's face it. I mean, it's not. It may be called the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, influenced by Sabrina the Teenage Witch, mm-hmm. influenced by Archie Comics. But in the end, <laughs> this show is not. Is her show. show. Yeah. It is it is a show about a group of unique characters who are for the most part witches and warlocks, but even the mortals in the show, we see their developments, we see how these people are living their lives in this small town of Greendale mm-hmm. and how they have to deal with things from bigotry monogenistic uh, <laughs> uh, <monogenistic laughs> assholes. Mm-hmm. Feminism, yep. you know, uh, witchcraft, yep. you know, and just you're taking all these different cultures, I guess yeah. you could say, and clashing them together. And it turned out brilliantly. Yeah. So it may not have been 100% the show that I wanted to see when mm-hmm. it first came on, but now I can't picture it any other way. And that's not a bad thing. Right on. So, yeah, my overall take was I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Again, there's kind of that level of cheesiness that I personally can appreciate. Again, Mm -hmm. it got that CW vibe to it. Um, And I know that you love Zelda because she's just got that. Oh, her favorite part about Christmas are the ghosts. (laughs) She loves all full contact sports. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, her and the Father Blackwell did some weird self-flagellating thing. You with are going to hate Father Blackwell next well, season. Well, and I'm not a huge oh. fan, but yeah, it was. But yeah, um, overall, I really enjoyed it. It was a good show. I, good. There's times where I didn't think acting was that great, and I don't know if mm-hmm. maybe it was the scene. Like, I love Karen Shipka. I I enjoyed her as like. Does uh, something some Sally scenes Draper. feel? Does something uh, feel forced? So when it comes to um, Kierna Shipka playing Sabrina, uh-huh. I felt like that there were certain scenes, some scenes and some emotions she could do better than others. Oh, okay. um, I didn't write down anything specific. It was just kind of in this moment where whatever episodes I was watching, whatever these random scenes were, I'm like, eh, yeah. that, I don't. That Yeah, that didn't feel like natural or something. Sure. It just felt a little off. Okay. And, you know what? I found it also to be kind of okay because, again, with a little bit of cheesiness and the parts that I found funny that may not have been intentionally funny, like just, again, the zooming, the cinematography, some of the really dramatic music, and just some of the background music for the soundtrack in general, like the non-pop like songs or anything that they use, but that um, Mm -hmm. music for the ambiance. 
just seems it's got like that old horror movie feel to it, which those can always carry a little bit of cheese and, yeah. not, and not in a bad way. So it was season... just kind of the overall tone, but I still really enjoyed it. Um, the writing overall I thought was pretty good. Yeah. I think it's just kind of a trying to incorporate source material. You're having adults write for teenagers essentially, and then incorporating right. this whole world of witchcraft and Satanism. Well, it definitely helps that the writer of the comic books was it's, directly involved with the making of good, the show. Yeah. So the fact that you have someone who's there who started from the source material be completely and utterly involved in the show is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think also helps make it so good. I, I get what you're saying. Um, I can't think of really any moments offhand where yeah. I could think of where the acting seemed more forced. Mm-hmm. Maybe on Harvey's part. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know I what I have again. I mean, is it? Maybe it's not so much the character Harvey. Maybe it's the actor. Maybe. Maybe it's the know. actor they got to play him. I don't remember anything else he's really been in. But um, it's like with Sabrina, the, I think it's some of the more sincere moments. Like when she's when she finally comes clean about being a witch to her friends, and then she's like, "Oh, boohoo me!" Even though you guys have clearly had your own problems, let's focus on me now. See, and th- that brings me back to something we talked about probably almost an hour ago. <laughs> Um, where I mentioned where it seems like she's trying to recreate the wheel. Yeah. So this is the one thing I really hate about her character is one first before to understand why I don't like this. I just want to focus at, I love her character. I love that. She's questions things. She's a Mm -hmm. teenager. She stands up for what she believes in. She loves, and she stands up for her friends and family. And she's not afraid to. She's not afraid to. But what I don't like about Sabrina is that she, the way she tries to change things, mm-hmm. she does it in a way where she thinks she can force the change. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's going to be an episode coming up in season two, the very first episode, where they're going to actually go into something like this. Now, gra- now, granted, the way that she goes about it is fantastic. It's one of those fuck tradition kind of things sure. that we were talking yeah. about. Okay. And that's a completely acceptable, in my my opinion, way for her to fucking try to break the norm. Okay. okay. But she's full of herself. Mm-hmm. She's a teenager. Mm-hmm. Her father and, was the high priest. And, oh, God, how many times she says that. That's Megan McCann. My father, my father. <laughs> Jesus. Sorry. Oh, it's okay. It's okay, Daddy. So, ah! <laughs> it's so nasty. It's so <laughs> but you mentioned earlier about how Ambrose was t- giving her all the shit in the world about the mm-hmm. resurrection. Yep. And how she was like, no, it's going to be okay. It's okay. And then, no, it's not okay. You fucked up. And she realized she fucked up. Just a couple scenes later, she's talking to Aunt Hilda about going into mortal limbo. Mm-hmm. And she's like, will you help me? Mm-hmm. And she's like, no. You can't do this. And she's like, no, I can. Exactly. I can do this. And I'm half mortal. It's like, I, you know, I'm not half mortal, half witch myself, but I have a feeling this is not how it's supposed to work. Exactly. You know, you have family who is trying to look out for you saying, this is dangerous. Yeah, don't fucking do this. Don't do this. And here she is being a teenager, a teenager yeah. and going ahead and doing it. But what the thing is, is you know, Miss Wardwell is influencing her on yeah. the other end to do it. You know, but the fact that she's already acknowledged that she fucked up Mm -hmm. and what has to be done is Tommy has to be put down. Mm -hmm. And she's like, no, we just need to reunite the soul with the body. Mm -hmm. And they're like, 
That's not going to You happen. can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, oh, yeah. I don't know. So <laughs> she tries to think, she, she tries to basically say that I can do these things because I'm half mortal. Yeah, but it's going it, to, it's not going to turn out well for no. you. It's not. So being half mortal definitely gives her that additional, that added perspective. Sure. You know, on, you know, if we have the power, like with trying to resurrect Tommy, I, I I get her point. She has the power. She has the ability, quote, had it, you know, to to do this. And of, of course, anyone that you love and care about, if they're hurting, you want to try and stop the hurt and do what you can to help them and move move past. And so I understood like that. That's really where it was all coming from, her desire to help and her no. dumb fucking reason to bring Tommy back. But again, when you've got literally everyone that's like hundreds of years old telling you, don't fucking do this. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe don't fucking do it. And, you know, do you think with her resurrecting Tommy was even though she kept saying, I can't stand to see Harvey like that. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. Do you mm-hmm. think this was really more about her own satisfaction, thinking that she did something good for him as opposed to him? it This being actually good for him. I mean, she Possibly. didn't she didn't think about she didn't heed the warnings. No. You know, when she first asked Ambrose to participate in this. And then how the fuck do you even explain that? You know, nobody's questioning, oh, Tommy's back. Like, Harvey's like, ooh, god damn it, I wish we could stop talking about this. But, <laughs> but you know, Harvey's like, yay, Tommy's back. He's just a little off. Doctor said it's just shock. It's going to be fine. Like, you guys. He came not- back without a scratch on him. Keep exactly. that in mind, too. You saw his helmet, and I'm glad later, um, at towards the end of an episode, Harvey starts kind of putting that all together. Yeah, with just the football. That- and, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I'm just like, you guys, I don't give a fuck. If their person's dead and they come knocking on my door, I am going to salt and burn them. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's like, you know what? I loved you. I still love you. But what is dead should should stay dead. Like, I've seen The Walking Dead too many times to know how this is going to turn out in the end. Exactly. And it's like Ambrose told her. I think it was, was it Ambrose? Yeah, I think it was where we were talking about how Tommy had, where they were talking about how Tommy hadn't eaten. Mm-hmm. Well, that's because Tommy had eaten, eaten. a body already, yep. and he just wasn't hungry yet. Yep. So it was just yeah. a matter of time. But anyways, we should probably wrap this up. You got stuff to do. Ah, uh, you. To we, do. we got stuff to do. But this was fun. This was fun. This was fun. I'm glad we got to do this. I can't wait to do this for season two because absolutely, that's the one I'm going to be really excited okay. for. So awesome. Excellent. Well. Thanks for uh, joining me today in my streaming bubble. Yay! It's a nice bubble. Thanks. <laughs> my little, yeah. But um, yeah, and thanks to the listeners for listening today, and keep streaming. Bye, everyone. Bye.